Paranet Podcast, a Dresden Files book club. Welcome one and all to the Paranet Podcast with your hosts, me, Patrick Lunn, and... Rob Davis, if you need more. Man about town. (laughs) (laughs) Um... This is, of course, your one-stop shop for all things Dresden Files. Uh, today, we are talking about uh, Restoration of Faith, the very first piece, vignette, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the Dresden Files uh, chronology, um, both in the uh, real world, uh, as it was the first piece that Jim Butcher wrote physically, and in the kind of lifetime of Dresden, uh, as it is uh, the first piece where we're introduced to him as a character. Um, But before we get into that, uh, as it's the first kind of episode, I thought we could uh, begin by talking a little bit about um, how we got into Dresden Files. Um, So I think I'm going to kick it over to you, Rob, uh, to start off here. What draws you to the Dresden verse? Um, there's two encounters that I have. Uh, the first one being probably 2007, 2008. Um, I can't remember what I was doing, but I came across the Dresden Files TV show and it was just on in the background. I didn't really take much notice of it, to be honest. But, um, all I could think of at the time was that Paul Blackthorn was the bad guy in season three of 24. And that was kind of it. At the time, I was like, oh, okay. And it was just there in the background while I was doing other things. Um, so I, I've known the name Dresden Files for probably a long, t- probably about eight years until I actually picked up the books. Um, okay. Trying to think of where that was from then. Uh, I think you mentioned them to me probably around the time Skin Game ca- came out because. I'm sure I was at yours in second or third year. You were recommending the series, and you handed me a copy of Stormfront. But you were like, oh, this is the first book. But you also released the first two as graphic novels, and then you took the book from me. But you never handed me, <laughs> you, you never, you never handed me the graphic novels. So I was like, okay. And I just didn't want to ask at the time. So, <laughs> um, And then if you fast forward from there, probably two years from there, I bought the graphic no- the first graphic novel omnibus oh, can't even speak omnibus back in 2017 um and that just sat on my shelf for a good year before i got around to picking it up um and yeah the rest you know it, i i rushed through through that like super quick uh and then yeah. with the actual books themselves picked up book 3 and i think that's where i really fell in love with it and yeah now i'm on ghost story but yeah yeah which i haven't started yet but that's my plan for the week (laughs) it's uh it's a strange one because when you're trying to get someone into the dresden files and the dresden verse you don't want to suddenly be like oh yeah so there's the main core series uh which is going to go up to 20 books Sorry to interrupt. I've just remembered. I did buy the first Dresden book in 2015 after you recommended it. But oh shit! I read maybe the first three or four chapters, but then I lent it to my girlfriend at the time. 
and that was the last I saw of it. So, God damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I still haven't got it back. But um, that's fine. I, I've bought like three copies since then. So, <laughs> yeah. so sorry, I just remembered that. Cause, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, it's, it's all good. We're all uh, loose on the Paranet podcast. Um, yeah. So, but what I, what I was saying is that, like, when I was trying to get you into it, because you were the first, my first convert uh, of many since <laughs> um, the the thing with Dresden Files is it's like, yeah, so there's going to be a 20 book series, then a three book like event at the end. Uh, he's only like, halfway through the the second set of 10 if you want to see it that way uh, also there's a massive comic book series also there's a massive rpg um and so much more kind of like ancillary short stories and material and stuff it's like where where do you start someone um and the other problem is that like the dresden files what i feel makes it stand out is the world building and the universe building um <laughs> but the issue there is that it doesn't really come to the f- it, 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 as any universe would it takes time to build and it's only once you get to like the third or fourth book that stuff starts to kind of recur and come back up from the first or second book uh, and you start to feel like you're in this kind of cohesive world um mm. instead of just uh <clears throat> Just detect, uh, magical detective stories, um, yeah. fantasy noir. I'm never sure what how to categorize it. I've heard a couple of different ones, like urban fantasy. I think is yeah. I think uh, what... urban fantasy seems to be the common uh, genre. I find it placed under. Yeah. Um. <laughs> cool. So, what do you enjoy about the Justin Files now? Uh. Probably, probably the world building and how it handles mythology, like especially when it comes down to vampires. You got all the different like uh, clans, I guess. The uh, Red Court, yeah, uh, White Court being the main ones that feature in the series. Um, it's a Black Court as well, isn't there? I think they're a big thing. They're, they're more yeah, like yes, so the Black Court, and then there's a there. couple of references to the Jade Court. Yeah. Um, Which is I like, mean, that's the tip of the iceberg. I, I really liked how that was handled. And again, kind of going back to falling lo- in love with the series at book three, there's the bit where, I mean, I guess spoiler alert if you've not read it, but if you're listening to a Dresden podcast and you haven't read it, why would you be listening to a Dresden podcast? Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but book three, where you've got Michael and uh, Harry going to the red court event and there's like all the different i think that's where you have one of the members of the black courts there i think that's when we also meet thomas the white court yeah um and the biggest thing i remember is uh the dragon and i I remember you messaging me while every every time i'd finish a chapter i'd message you being like oh my god it's so good and i remember one of your (laughs) responses was like oh have you met the dragon yet and i was like no and you're like mate wait until the dragon <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't i didn't know what to expect but just how it was <clears throat> i think it was basically described as a just a dude like a mafia kind of boss in a suit is what i kind of took from it and how yeah. like 
he looks at Mike and he's like, oh, you killed one of my friends once. And just steam comes out of his nose. Yeah. And I feel saying it aloud like that makes it sound a bit ridiculous. But how it's described within the book, it was just like, oh, my God. I feel like uh, Butch does a really good job of, like, whenever um, he brings an, a new kind of fantasy myth- mythological being into the world, you're like, oh, of course that's how it would be in the Dresden Files. Like, <laughs> uh, of course a dragon is like a, um, a, a, a like an aristocratic, like, mafia boss uh, with steam coming from his nostrils. Or, um, <laughs> like, the uh, the way that like um the white court uh, again uh, spoiler for one of the later jobs but of course they run the freaking porn industry um it like these things it's so natural that they fit together yeah um and i think i think that that's really beautiful world building cuz it's just like it it just like locks in really nicely um so yeah i like that that's very cool um, Same question. Me myself. Actually, how did you? How did you get into Dresden? I think I've ever yeah. Asked. Um, <clears throat> so, as a as a reader, um, it took me a, a really really long time to read actual novels. Um, mm. I like when I was when I was quite young, um, going up to like maybe end of high school. Um, I I didn't really gel with reading at all, um, which is strange because I decided to do creative writing. I'm now a professional copywriter. Um, but uh, for the longest time, it took me so long to get into reading that I, 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 I mean, I stuck to a lot of comic books um, and stuff like that. And the only things that I'd really read were stuff like Harry Potter um, and kind of like your basic m- millennial kind of reading list. Um mm. So when I got to uh, university, um, I was trying to find uh, kind of like a a voice and a style. Um, And I I, I read read a lot more and I read a lot more through college and university. Um, And basically... um, I, I I liked Harry Potter and um, I got really into creative nonfiction, uh, yeah. which is kind of telling stories from your own life in a very creative way. Um, it's it's a bit like uh, like observational comedy. Um, so so I was like, okay, well I've, I've, I like fantasy and I like this creative nonfiction, um, and so I asked some of my lecturers at the time uh, and. Uh, I had a really nice lecturer called uh, Catherine Wilde um, who suggested to me that uh, Dresden Files was essentially fantasy creative nonfiction. Um, it's all someone recounting a story that, they, that they've, they've been through mm. uh, in a fantastical world. Uh, so I picked up the first book um, and it like... At first, um, and, and I know a lot of people have this reaction with with Dresden Files when they start reading Stormfront. Uh, it came off as really is quite cliche, yeah. Um, but then, but the voice is really good, um, and I always like to imagine it as that like um, hanging out like at a Starbucks or wherever with um, Dresden, 
and he's just like, yeah, this happened to me last week. Listen to this. Um, and then that's the whole story. Um, and and it flows like that. The flow is beautiful throughout the book. Um, it has such a nice rhythm uh, to it. And it really does feel like a conversation with all these like fun asides, jokes. Um, and it's very easy to read. Um, no matter, like, not from like a... The uh, the languages at like a second grade level or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's very flowy. You don't uh, you don't have to decipher the word uh, like the the pattern or the cadence or anything. There's nothing complex about the language. It's very uh, you just flow through a chapter, and then Butcher does a brilliant job of just landing you with a massive cliffhanger at the end of maybe ninety percent of the chapters. He really does. I mean, kind of going with that. Uh... Peak Dresden reading for me. Uh, this was like you—you you, you probably remember 2018. I think I messaged you being like, "Oh, I've started reading Dresden Files properly." And then I think when I saw you at one point, I was on book four. And then the next time you saw me, I was on like book nine or something ridiculous. And that was like within the space <laughs> of a few months. <laughs> but um, I think we've dubbed it the Jim Butcher Avalanche. You get. And I've noticed yeah. get through, you have like a hundred pages or so of, you know, he's, he's drinking cans of Coke being like, that was weird. A car almost run me over, but the driver had a pale pasty complexion. And then a <laughs> hundred pages later, it's turned out it's like a vampire that's been hired to kill him. And then that vampire died as he was like confessing the crime. And then it just fucking st- Pardon my language. Sorry, I was going to try not to swear throughout this. It just steamrolls. It's all good. It just steamrolls like everything from there. Like the avalanche comes down, and you're just like, oh, how can you can't just read a chapter and be like, that's me done for the night. Can't wait Th- to this see. This is what... it. Yeah, like it proper grips <laughs> you. Um, and and I've read other crime series. Um, uh, I've read other urban fantasy. Mm. Uh, books since that have been recommended to me, and I haven't really found anything that that has that kind of grip um, yeah. that that Dresden does um, for me at least. So yeah, that that's really it. Um, and then from that, kind of w- both of us together uh, spiraled out into like the well. Uh, so I discovered the comic books just as I started trying to get you into it. Um, yeah. But we both spiraled out into the the RPG. Um, and the the card game, which is uh, loads of fun, and we've only ever got to play like two games of it, um, and still absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, I've I, since watched the series and have my own thoughts on that, which I'm sure we'll get to in time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's why I love the Dresden Files. Nice. So, uh, moving on from that to kind of the meat of the Paranet podcast, uh, every episode we're going to break into kind of two sections. So we've got paranetworking, because uh, you got to love the puns, uh, which is just going to be a little bit of a t- chat about what's going on in the Butcherverse at the moment. Um, better that we did this now instead of a year ago when... There would have been nothing going on for every episode. Um, 
Uh, and then uh, we have uh, the second half, uh, which is the Paranet uh, Book Club, uh, where we'll be kind of chronologically following uh, the Dresden Files. Uh, we're going to do all of the short stories, and then we're going to break uh, a couple of chapters um, and kind of follow it that way. And if you want to follow along with us, either as a first-time reader who will be receiving plenty of spoilers as we go along, uh, or as a uh, reader coming back to it who wants to just follow along uh, with our kind of commentary, um, you are more than welcome to do so, and, we, and we'd and we love that. And we'd love to hear uh, kind of your take on our thoughts and... Um, your take on the on the chapters and the sections that we're reading. Uh, so we'll we'll start with the para networking, um, and there is a lot to talk about uh, in the world of Dresden Files uh, at the moment. Um, Rob, do you want to do you want to kick off here? Yes, I will quickly check my pre-orders because I cannot remember the date. But if if um, you are a Dresden fan already and you're uh, one of the initiated bunch, then you may well know that Peace Talks has finally got a release date. Woo! Woo! That release date being the 16th of July uh, this year. Which, I mean, I, I've oh, not, I haven't been reading the series long. It's like, because I mean, also with that in mind, Stormfront is 20 years old this year, which makes me feel old, but something that I'm aware of, but always forget when reading it. Like the book I'm currently reading, I think was published 10 years ago. I might be wrong on that. Yeah. But um, with that in mind, the, the last book to come out, I think was either 2014 or 2015. That sounds about right. So that would be Skin Game. Yeah, that. Uh, we had. I mean, we had briefcases, which I feel was just kind of to keep us ticking over. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm just looking at skin game release date. Uh, so that that was 2014. Jesus, that's longer than I thought. Then. So um, it has been six years since a main series Dresden Files release. Yeah, I mean, with that in mind, he's, from what I've heard anyway, uh, Jim Butcher's had a lot going on like, as to the reason for the, the uh, delay. Because, um, I mean, a bit prior to that, he was churning out a book like every year, 18 months from the looks of it. Which... Yes, definitely. In itself is a hell of a feat. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Them Stephen King numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but and with that in mind, we've got two books this year. Not only do we have Peace Talks coming out on the 16th of July, we also have Bat- is it Battleground or Battlegrounds? Uh, it is Battleground. Cool. I wanted to say Battlegrounds, but it sounded a bit weird. But we have uh, Battleground coming out on the, <clears throat> the 29th of September this year. Yeah, uh, and if you haven't uh, seen Jim Butcher's uh, kind of trailer for Peace Talks, um, even if you you haven't uh, touched any Dresden Files book, it's well worth watching. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I think. Definitely. Um, I haven't seen I haven't seen many books do a trailer 
like that. Nor have I come to think of it. I mean, I was just thinking, sorry, it's just it's something we probably should have looked up beforehand because I forgot about the trailer. But I was just wondering how much involvement Butcher may have had in that or if it was... Because I think there have been probably like film students and stuff that have done, like filmed their own scenes or trailers of previous books that have already been out. So I'm wondering if it's the case yeah. that he reached out to them and was like, I have an idea. And it kind of just spawned off from there. I could definitely, uh, I could definitely believe that because uh, it fits with a lot of the Dresden Files um, stuff that I've seen, like the fan-made stuff that I've seen. Yeah. Um, one thing, because because what I was worried about a little bit is because a lot of the fan-made stuff can look a bit low rent. I guess is the best word for it. Yeah. Um, and I was a little worried that this would come off like that. Uh, when he said that they were doing a, tr- a live action trailer uh, for it, and um, mm. it, it it really doesn't. It comes off like the trailer for a Hollywood film, um, yeah. or at least like a good TV series. Damn right, son. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, with with that in mind, we've got the two books, Peace Talks and Battleground, uh, both like, uh, both within two months. Just over two months of each other. Um, yeah, I mean that's exciting in itself, and the the details behind that is, I've heard a lot of different things, but I think the one thing that seems to be consistent in uh, the Twitterverse is, um, originally he wrote one book that was too long, and his publisher was like, "This is too long," <laughs> um, and I don't I don't know if it's just a, as simple as you know, just halving the book and releasing part one here, part two there, or if it was kind of making one book work as a kind of self-contained novel on its own and then have Battleground as its own, like, develop that idea into its own novel as well. Yeah, I... uh, My my personal theory is that it's going to be a massive, like, cliffhanger two-parter special. Uh, feel to it, and um, I, I, I mean, I, I hadn't heard that that rumor, but um, I'm not as active in the the Twitterverse uh, as as you are. Um, I, I, I could definitely believe it because I know, like, what I've seen of Jim Butcher recently, like he, he's definitely wanting to give back to the fans, um, and and really push it with this next book, um, but. Uh, either way, I'm I'm just so excited to see what we get. Really, I mean, I'm I'm catching up now because of it. I stopped. Uh, so, uh, with that, I think it's probably time to move over to uh, the Paranet Book Club. Yep. Oh, before we quickly move on to that, I'll just do a mention as well. Um, there's a fellow on YouTube focuses on. Fantasy news, I guess. Sounds a bit weird said out loud. Um, name's Daniel Green. Uh, it's Green with an E at the end. And we recently did an interview with Jim Butcher on the series as well as the upcoming two books. Um, as well as that, I'm sure I've seen Jim Butcher do another interview around the same sort of time with someone else. I'll try and find it. If we're posting this out with links attached, then we'll throw in the links yep. of interviews there as well. 
Awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah, that's um, that's both. Uh, well, the the I've seen the uh, green interview. Um, and that was really good. Um, and I think he is starting to kind of tour uh, in the kind of hype build up for peace talks. So no doubt there'll be more of those sort of interviews knocking about. Uh, yeah. And we'll try and bring you as, as much of that as we can as we go. Um, so, uh, moving on to the Paranet uh, Book Club. And uh, this week, uh, we're taking uh, a little short story from the Side Jobs Collection, which is uh, a restoration of faith. So uh, we both read this before today. Um, It's a pretty short story uh, coming in at 24 pages. Uh, You can read it, I don't know, maybe in an hour. Yeah, I think Um, it's also worth mentioning. um, I think a lot of the short stories, I know Restoration of Faith is, but um, I'm pretty certain as well as being published in side jobs i think it's also available to read for free on jim butcher's official website i that I mean, sounds about right yeah because i know i know he puts up a lot of the short stories on there but i'm not sure if that's one that is or not on there but just thought i'd mention just in case uh yes you can you can read it on jimbutcher.com so mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely just go and read that right now. Uh, if you want, uh, pause the podcast, get yourself a cup of tea, uh, and then come back as we're going to discuss it. Um, do you want to give a, a quick run through of the, the plot, Rob? Yeah. I should have made notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's set before the first novel, Stormfront. You've got, um, Harry Dresden, we're introduced to Harry Dresden, who's work. He's working under someone, isn't he? Nick Christian. Like this is before he becomes yeah. a private investigator of his own. And I think it's, I, I can't remember the actual title of it. It's like not quite an intern, not quite an assistant, but by working with this guy, it means that he'll get like the, the license to work as an independent private investigator. Um, yeah, he's got like six more months. Yeah, before yeah. becoming a private investigator, something like that. Yeah, uh, and I can't. It's annoying because I've listened to it for a change because I read it inside jobs when I got that, but then yesterday I was listening to it while doing other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if maybe all of it gone in properly, but from what I remember, it involved Harry and Nick finding a young girl. And I'm not sure if they already have the girl at the start of the story. I've already forgotten. But (laughs) the idea is they're trying to return the girl to the parents. The girl ran away. I can't remember why. Off the top of my noodle. Um, Yeah, it's basically... So the girl... The ran away from, like, um, a rich family in Chicago. Dresden's found her. Uh, The family have turned on Dresden and Nick... Uh, and said that they kidnapped the girl because uh, it kind of saves face for them um, as a rich family. Um, And then uh, the girl, because it's after dark, 
she's basically stranded uh, on in a section of Chicago where she has to cross a bridge. Um, and to cross a bridge at night, especially if you've disobeyed any rules, um, makes you fair game under the Unsealy Accords uh, with trolls. So she cannot leave this area without a troll um, essentially eating her. So Dresden's got to work out a way to uh, get her across the bridge, uh, past the troll, and then also deal with the fact that him and Nick are suspected of kidnapping the girl. Mm. Uh, and then uh, towards the end of this story, uh, a policewoman shows up uh, who is revealed to be uh, Officer... I think she's Officer at this point, Murphy? Yeah, something like I know she's not at the point she is when we meet her in the first book. Yeah. Um, and we also, it's like her first brush with the supernatural as she attempts to wrestle the troll, very Murphy style. Um, and then it ends on uh, Dresden uh, and the child who's called Faith, uh, a restoration of Faith. Yeah. No. Um, uh, uh, it ends with uh, him basically getting faith to the police uh, and Murphy realising that Dresden and Nick are good guys and she recognises um, Angel Detective Agency. Uh, it's called something else. Give me a second. Uh, Ragged Angel Investigations. Uh, she recognises them as uh, being... Um, child missing child investigators uh and basically says that like she knows that they would not be the ones to be stealing anyone yeah so what was your favorite part of this short story um <coughs> what do you enjoy about it favorite part i know i i mean i read this probably after reading about five or six of the books. So I was already won over by Dresden in every possible way, but what I like is, and I'll reference Stormfront with this as well, is that, and maybe the later books to an extent, and it's something that I really like about the character as well, is he's not as reliant on magic at this point. Like, if Do you get what I mean? Like, with the bat, when he faces off against the troll, he'll do like even the smallest spell will leave him quite fatigued from it. Yes, definitely. Um, and I think, like, Butcher even says that, like, he's basically done, like, three or four jobs that day. Yeah. So by the time he gets to the, the, the troll encounter, um, he's, like, he's worn down. Um, and so he only has, like, a very small amount of magic to use. Um, yeah, I'm... Sorry, I've just uh, got the short story up because I can't be asked to run him downstairs and try and find the book. It's all good. Find the bit where he faces the troll. Um, I'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, the other bits I liked as well as that is, I mean, also it also kind of introduces us to Harry's character, his morals at this point, whereas within later stories we kind of get the impression... Uh, Ebenezer McCoy is kind of there as a moral compass for Harry in a way. You kind of yeah. get that similar kind of impression with Nick. 
Not to the same extent, of course, because I think it's implied, or just Flout said, that Nick's a bit of a, you know, it's an old drunk detective living in a squalor. But, I mean, you kind of compare that with how Harry is in the first two books. It's not so much alcoholic, but... There's definitely... Kind of... he, he's, he's following Nick's kind of archetype yeah. of a detective. Yeah, there's, there's that moral code where it could be like, his £10,000, you know, get rid of the child or not. And I mean, not saying that happens in the story, but as an example, it would be like doing the right thing over, say, whatever, financial gain or something like that. And I feel that's... Yeah, taking like, the easy route. Yeah, it's a better way of phrasing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I can't remember off the top of my head here, Do does Nick appear or is he mentioned in any of the other stories or books that you remember? Uh, yeah, so it's quite interesting. So uh, Rob is at... Uh, you've just finished Changes, haven't you? Yes, Changes is the last one I've read, yeah. Yeah, uh, so Ghost Story is the next one in the series, uh, and Nick actually appears back there oh, okay. um, in, in Ghost Stories. Um, and there's a, there's a, a really nice kind of uh, nod to... A restoration of face there where you see um at ragged angel investigations he has uh the pictures of all the kids that he's managed to save um and over i, I want to say it's like he's been working as a detective for like 13 years he's only ma- he's only ever managed to track down and save seven missing kids um and it even references that one of them is face yeah um which is a is a cool little moment um, I think there's also there's uh, a reference to it in I, I think Full Moon. Um, Dresden talks about that him and uh, the detectives that like trained him uh, got screwed over by like a fancy couple from the neighborhood where the werewolves come from. But it's been a long time since I've read that. That, that does ring a few bells, but I mean. I feel like something like that would have gone right over my head having not read this first. So yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of just kind of taking your word for it, but it it does sound semi familiar to me at least. Cool, I'll take semi familiar. <laughs> uh... <laughs> and the final thing, <clears throat> which I lo- which is probably my favorite part of the story, and for for a really silly reason, I didn't see it coming, and that makes me feel really really stupid. But when when the police officer shows up and then like at the end it's like he's like oh Officer Murphy and it's it's like I know it's like watching a Marvel film and they reference a character or like you know events from other films and you're just like oh I remember that happening <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like that I felt that was a really nice touch especially when if if you're aware of the history with Restoration of Faith I'm pretty sure it says inside Jobs it's a short story he wrote. For for a uh, writing class, and yeah. I can this bit I can never remember if he had because I know I know that he planned out the twenty like kind of book saga at this point and presented it to his teacher and she was like I meant go write a short story and kind of then write like a rationale on how the character would develop in other stories and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if, if this at the time when Restoration of Faith was written if he had much of a plan following on 
from this or not. But so inside jobs, it says that he tried to get this published as like a yeah. short story. That's that's the only thing that that it says in the book. Fair enough. Well, in any case, I know it's. I feel it works both ways as a kind of if it's your first time reading Dresden, you pick this up. It's a nice little kind of introduction. If you're already familiar with Dresden, you're going into the short stories for the first time. It's just really nice to have that kind of uh, continuity. Yeah, definitely. And and I think um, it's a really good like acid test for whether or not you're going to enjoy Dresden Files. Um, if you want to like... If if someone's asking you like oh yeah I'm thinking about uh, I'm thinking about starting reading Dresden Files but I I don't know where to start and I don't know if it's going to be my thing uh, this is completely free um, you can access it in seconds on your phone or whatever you can read it in like an hour um, and it's a really good example of Butcher's voice and the kind of style that he goes for um, I mean I can completely understand uh, I think. On the more negative side for this short story, I can understand why it didn't get published. Um, yeah. It's very like, uh, yeah. it's quite it's quite twee um, and schmaltzy in the way that it like very cliche. Uh, it's yeah, it's very very right. cliche. Like uh, it's a it's a kid that has very little faith in the world, and uh, Dresden basically shows that there's, there's still magic in the world uh, and gives her um something to kind of fight for and, and 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 some belief that there are people out there that will love her more than her parents who want to sell her out for money um yeah. and the fact that it's called a restoration of faith and that the child is called faith i i understand why some people that will definitely just break it for them um immediately and the, and, and if that's you then maybe you're not going to enjoy um, some of Dresden Files because Butcher does go that way sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting because I feel if Restoration of Faith was not like a full-length story, for example, I think it would have suffered from the cliche more than it would have, more than anything else. But as a short story of, was it 24, 25 pages you said earlier? As a short story of... 24. It was a short story of just 24 pages. I mean, the, the cliche is there, and you're going to roll, you'll probably end up rolling your eyes more than once, but that <laughs> doesn't stop it from being enjoyable in, in the slightest. Yeah, uh, agreed. I'm just, I'm just wondering what the word count was on uh, Restoration of Faith. Um, I'm just wondering if it was his. Uh... Oh God, what do you call it? Your 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 final the final task uh, dissertation. I, I'm wondering if it's his dissertation. That would that would make sense to me. Um, so while I'm looking at that, uh, I'll shout out the bits that that I enjoyed from it. So. Um, one of the things that I, I really like from it, I like the troll, um, Gorgoth or Gogoth, um, is a really interesting character. I mean, he's a troll. He acts like a troll acts, uh, pretty much, uh, like in any fantasy story. Um, 
But what I like about it is that Butch is definitely taking inspiration from like Nordic and Scandinavian traditions where when the troll is um, split open uh, by Dresden, um, smaller trolls come like gushing <laughs> out of him. Um, and, and I can't help but imagine it as like the big troll is like a Dungeons and Dragons, like, or even like uh, Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, like cave troll. And then when it's cut open, it's like the troll dolls. Yeah. Just like gushing <laughs> out of uh, the troll. Um uh, that's really, really cool. That's really fun. Uh, and the whole, the way that he describes the troll as like being able to fit through holes that it couldn't possibly, like it comes out of a manhole and yet it's like massive and it has these big like lumbering claws. You really get a feeling that it's like, it's not, it's not just a big human. Um, yeah. It has a different physiology, which is something that um, I think a lot of fantasy writing doesn't really have. Um I, I feel like a lot of the fantasy writing that, that at least I've read um, is like, oh, yeah, they're a human, but they've got fur or they're humans, but they have pointy ears um, or, or it's very like typically human traits, whereas this troll feels very unnatural. Um, the other thing that uh, I really like about this is that the way that magic is discussed here sets up magic in all Dresden books where it's like an extension of like willpower and like will reserves or mana reserves, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's done really, really well. Um, Mm. And I love that. So from like a, from like a writer, a writer's, perspective having the link that uh his emotional state and um his belief and the interactions that he's having with characters can give him more support uh, emotional support and more energy to uh, kind of pull upon and you'll see this time and time again as we go through the dresden files um the 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 characters around harry have as much inf- uh, impact on his magic because they support him uh and he's like i've got to do it for them i've got to fight for them or like when he feels um a sense of like dissonance within himself his magic suffers for it so it it makes the interpersonal uh dynamics key and integral to the magical system of the world and like the combat um and it's it's as simple here it's like when he sits down with Faith and he hears about her worldview um, and he sees an opportunity to show her that the cynicism that she believes is being an adult um, is actually not entirely warranted, um, that that there is like a place for innocence and wonder in the world. When he sees this opportunity, that gives him... Uh, something to draw upon this well of power uh, to tap into um, and and ultimately is how he, he kind of goes into his fight with the troll because he knows he has to so he's like right cool uh, I've got another couple of bullets in my uh, ammo belt if you wish um, now how am I going to make those count uh, and then and then it comes into the very like intelligent casting and um it's it's a really nice balance between like 
using the two big uh, pop culture stereotypes, you've got Lord of the Rings spellcasting, like mm. Gandalf, who is able to make his uh, mm. staff light up and do lots of kind of small things behind the scenes. And then you've got Harry Potter casting, where you can literally affect time, space, whatever the fuck you want, as much as you want, uh, provided that you have the knowledge on how to do it. Um, and I think Dresden straddles the line really well by being like, yeah, sometimes he can jump up to like that Harry Potter casting level, um, especially if he, all his energy is at full um, whack and he's really sure in himself and he's got the knowledge and he's well supported. Um, yeah, he can he can absolutely like uh, clean house. However, he doesn't always have all those things. Most of the time, he's human like the rest of us uh, and doesn't really look after himself. And so he only has... Uh, half a gun full of ammo, half a, a staff full of magic, um, and then it then it comes down to okay, well, what can you do with that? Uh, and kind of back against the wall, um, and that tends to come down to more like Gandalf style magic, um, and that I find really really interesting. Yeah. Um, so, so that's that's really what uh, I enjoyed from uh, a restoration of faith. Is there anything you didn't enjoy, Rob? Um. Not, not really. I mean, there's nothing that I'd really dwell on that I'd say that I disliked. I mean, I think we covered it with the like cliche, but I think, and this is only this is a minor thing, and this is if you're coming into it, oh no, maybe as a first time reader. I mentioned earlier that there's like the shortage of him using magic. He doesn't rely on it in this story so much, and I feel. If you're someone who's coming to this series with no knowledge of Dresden, or like you, the only thing you know about it is you know Harry Potter for adults, or however however you want to describe it, then um yeah, you know I feel you might be a bit let down that he's not just you know swinging his staff around, blowing shit up left, right, and center. But I mean that that's probably. I know I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that's something I dislike. That's more of an observation, really. I I can definitely see that. Like, if you bill it as Harry Potter for adults, which I I've definitely heard that. Yeah. Um, because kind of when you look at Harry Potter and and it is structured like a, a murder mystery, at least the first couple of books are very much structured like it. Um, the Chamber of Secrets particularly. Mm. Um. Dresden does follow a, a similar pattern. Um, it's got like more about the magical world, and then you learn about a new aspect of the magical world, and then um, it turns out that there, there's something going on that's, that's uh, a little bit um, suspect, uh, and then people close to Harry start getting affected, and uh, and all this stuff. And I and I think one of the issues that maybe Butcher. I don't know if he did it on purpose. I'm hoping that he didn't. I think he took Harry from Harry Copperfield. Is that is that a magician? Um, um, I want to say yes. Or Harry Houdini. Harry Houdini. It's That's something like that. Um, but I think the because he called Harry, uh, it does it does sometimes get like oh. It's Harry, and he's magic, and he's a wizard, so he's going to be like Harry Potter. Definitely get that impression. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that is, uh, like you say, I think, yeah, it, it, it kind of gives it maybe unfair expectations from some people. Yeah. Um, but I can understand why that would also be a bit of a letdown. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you've, you've, you've nailed it. <laughs> and I wouldn't even, like I say, um, I wouldn't say that's... I wouldn't, all I would say is really, if you're going into it with this being your first Dresden experience, as it were, just enjoy the ride. <laughs> I don't know really how to, because I've I've ne- I've completely forgot Restoration of Face existed until we decided to cover it for this. But I mean, in, in the past, recommending it to other people, normally I just tell them it's kind of, I know I I try to resist the Harry Potter for adults kind of thing, and I think I just kind of try and tell it how it is as best I can of you know a wizard detective in Chicago, and I feel by adding the Chicago bit at the end, I know I like to feel that downplays the magic aspect a bit more. I I, but, I know what you mean, yeah. But that said, I've only ever recommended it to like two people. And I don't think I, I don't yeah. think of them have really paid attention to me. So clearly, I need to find out a new way to uh, <laughs> word it. <laughs> <coughs> Maybe um, Harry Potter for adults works. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I I've always like been like, yeah, it's a film noir with some magic thrown in. Yeah, um, which again may might be underselling it and might be changing expectations because it's not it's not nineteen twenties, um, but it does have a lot of kind of noir tropes, I guess. Definitely, at least in the first couple of books. Um, yeah, so so I think that that's that's really it, and and I think we we pretty much gave our recommendation on on how we feel about it. Um, it's it's a great first read for anyone interested in the Dresden Files and it's great to go back to. Um, the last thing I was just going to uh, add in was the Dresden Files RPG. So if you don't know what RPGs are, then I'm not even sure if you really are going to get into any of this. But um, <laughs> uh, an RPG is a role-playing game. Uh, Dungeon Dragons is the typical one, but there are loads out there. The White Wolf. Uh, the White Wolf. The White Wolf. The White Wolf RPGs uh, are a great example. Star Wars RPGs um, are another one. There's, there's dozens, um, if not hundreds. Um, there is a Dresden Files RPG, and it, it's re- it's really cool. And we'll get into kind of the mechanics of how the whole thing works. Um, and basically, it's almost like a research tool as well to learn about towns and cities and stuff. Uh, from like a supernatural perspective, which is really cool, and gives you an insight into Butcher's writing process. Um, there is a short kind of uh, section in the book about trolls. Um, so I just thought that I, I'll throw in what Butcher himself has written about trolls from more like a factual standpoint. Uh, so trolls have rubbery muscles, warty skin, hairy arms, sharp claws, lumpy shoulders, malformed heads, lantern jaws, hideous faces, and tiny hate-filled eyes. They range between 12 feet and 15 feet tall. 
They don't walk so much as stomp. First appearance, restoration of faith, of course. What we know, many trolls live under bridges, sometimes even in the mortal world. Naughty children, those that cross bridges at night at least, are apparently still lawful prey for bridge trolls under the Unsealy Accords. Some trolls seem to be a strange sort of collective organism composed of many tiny trolls living in one gigantic troll skin. Many trolls are aligned with Winter. Several of the strongest are used by Queen Mab as guards at her strong to- stronghold of Arctus Tor. It is rumoured that Trollkin Smiths created the Bane of Wizards, the Thorn Manacles. Trolls and Gruffs are historic, folkloric enemies. Gruffs are known for killing trolls. Powers. They're huge and supernaturally strong. They can climb pretty much anything and they're, ki- uh, and they're hard as hell to kill. From a system perspective, the tendency for killed trolls to dissolve into a scattering horde of mini trolls is basically just a colourful way of handling a taken out result, particularly for trolls. Uh, peculiar to trolls. Weaknesses, standard fey weaknesses. Which, again, we'll probably get into when we get towards like book three and four about what the fair week to and, and why the week to that, which is is really interesting. Um, I like that there's like a link to the Thorn Manacles, um, which again will come up in later books several times. The way that uh, non wizards can deal with wizards uh, and kind of throw them off. Um, there's not much more to dig into there. Uh, we'll get to Arctus Tor. We'll get to why trolls being guards there is. Uh, a good idea and a big deal. Um, and they definitely will come up uh, in further books several times. Um, and yeah, I think that, that's pretty much it for Restoration of Faith. Uh, anything else from you, Rob? Uh, no, I've got nothing to add at this point. <laughs> it's a short story. wasn't much to say. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, next week on the book club, uh, we will be uh, covering the first four chapters of Stormfront, um, which is the first uh, canonical novel in the Dresden Files series, uh, and also giving a little bit of details on how Stormfront was made, how it got published, who published it, um, and why it's a great book to read uh really um and that's kind of going to take us into our first kind of series um of these uh episodes um all following stormfront right from beginning to end um and yeah i think that's it from the paranet podcast we got yeah. through our first one we did it um woo! <laughs> uh would you like to take us out rob yeah, you've been listening to uh, the Paranet podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, try and enjoy the weather. Grab yourself a can of Coke. Relax. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.